Hello folks, welcome to Switch It. Spring has sprung, but we're back for the last time this winter to recap England's exploits on the subcontinent, where we have followed them over the last three months. Figuratively, of course, since most of the pod haven't left our sitting rooms in that time. Nevertheless, we were on the edge of our sofas throughout T20 and ODI series against India that were furiously contested right up until Sunday's final ball. To discuss all the limited overs goings on and off, I'm joined by ESPN Crick Info's UK editor Andrew Miller, who loves nothing more than to clear the front dog, and general editor Valkyrie Baines, fresh or otherwise from writing up two series deciders in as many weekends. Hope you're both well, uh, ready to confront the uh, end or the beginning of the end of lockdown with the enthusiasm of Virat Kohli questioning an umpiring decision. <laughs> Miller, um, wagging my finger all the way. <laughs> you've been down. You've been down to the nets already. Uh, I hear. I have. I've had an exploratory turn of the arm. Literally one ball. It hurt. Um, so I'll try again later in the week. Um, but yeah, everything's it, in it, order then. <laughs> spring is springing, and uh, yeah, I'm gagging for it. And you've uh, and you've got an extra reason to be getting out of the house since we last had you on, I think. Indeed, um, yes. Uh, yeah, we have we have a mutt in the house, young young Ben. He's about as bad as housebroken as his namesake. Um, but uh, yeah, getting there. Um, he's yeah, he's already appeared on the Polite Inquirers as well. So he's 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 made he's made his uh, doggy debut on on Crick and Four already. Named after Stokes, is he? Is he a destructive well, all-rounder? Well, he well he he is named after Stokes insofar as I haven't changed his name because he's a he's a rescue dog and they came they they gave him that name. I thought, yep, that'll do. I wasn't going to be able to get Victor or anything through, so uh, yeah, go, go for Ben. <laughs> Close enough. Um, and how has England's winter program treated you? Valts, uh, plenty of Call of Duty from the sounds of it, since apparently you know you're load out from your gulag. Well. Yeah, I. it wasn't so much as I know it, it just sounded out of place to me, which is quite telling. So then I went and Googled and then discovered, yep, indeed, it was a Call of Duty reference. So <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, in uh, one of the press conferences, they, they uh, well, several press conferences, Call of Duty tends to get a bit of a, a mention among the, the England players. I suppose you've got to do something to uh, to beat the boredom in the bubble. Yeah, well, that's that's good. Uh, the investigative journalistic skills kicking in there. Um, neither of you's taken up golf yet. I mean, I've uh, oh, seen no. uh, Stuart Broad, Michael Vaughan, uh, and any other innumerable cricketers um, tweeting pictures of themselves on the greens yesterday. I've got a dog now to spoil a good walk, so uh, so I'll, I'll stick to that. I had one golf lesson years ago, and it ended in tears of frustration streaming down my face and I've never revisited and I wanted it to be my old lady sport as well but it's just not <laughs> going to happen it will have to be lawn bowls or tennis tennis well that, that that's a uh you know uh, I prefer pong I think you know it's you do that <laughs> indoors but uh, it's only a few months uh, Miller until India will be back for their test tour so it's not like they're going anywhere um we will at least benefit then from the uh, the dapper Dinesh Kartik bringing his natty shirts and excellent coiffure back to Sky's coverage. Absolutely, he was a quite quite the find of the winter. Him, him and <laughs> him and Shubman Gill. I mean, they're, they're, they're all, all, all these debutants cropping up all over the place for for India, and uh, yeah, another, another one, another one to tick off. But uh, no, I, I really enjoyed this winter. I mean, in spite of the the um, inevitable beatings that England took in all three formats, um, there was plenty plenty to to get excited about along the way, and um, actually more than I thought I was going to get excited about in the white ball series because I, I was a little little bit uh, thrown by by England's I don't know they seemed a bit more formulaic than I'm used to in in the T20s and um in the end I thought that final final match with with Sam Curran flinging it around in the ODIs was England going getting back to what they do best which is just having a go regardless of circumstance and giving people a scare along the way so even though they didn't win I thought that as as they like to say they lay down their their marker and their their brand and all the rest of things and um came out of it looking looking much like the team that we we kind of remember and haven't really seen much of in the in since 2019 yeah let's look back uh, before we look forward um the ODIs were lost 2-1 the T20Is were lost 3-2 um lots of fun nevertheless I'm I'm sure we'd all agree the the, the ODIs uh, fresh in the memory still um so let's start there they were 
as we become accustomed to, I suppose, when he can play an, an exercise in whack a bowler. Um, though the series sort of emphasised the importance of taking wickets. Uh, England were bowled out in the first. Uh, first chase uh, quite emphatically uh, and hobbled in the third despite Sam Curran's um, individual heroics um, there were of course points on offer for the, the World Cup Super League anyone care to jump in with the standings there I haven't a clue, <laughs> I haven't a clue. but no. England's still number one so that's all yeah England. hold my hands up I, yeah I, uh, I wasn't checking the points table that was enough <laughs> trying to keep keep in touch with the runs and balls left and are they going to do it are they not in that last uh, last decider that's right. That's right. Well, um, that they stayed top with forty points, although they're level with Australia, and and India are down in um, seventh with twenty nine points. So it's it's tight. Um, it's you know it's 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 like the Premier League essentially, isn't it? Um, uh, everyone's everyone's hanging on those standings week in week out. Um, I mean, were they an enjoyable irrelevant Miller? Um, and is there anything wrong with that? The the ODIs, you mean, or the um, yeah yeah I well. They were very enjoyable. I I think they were... How do I put this? They were less irrelevant than I thought they were going to be because <laughs> of the way in which England found not exactly new heroes, but found new depth and in unexpected places. I mean, discovering that uh, that Sam Curran is, is... I mean, we know he's an amazing cricketer. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I still don't really know what he does. I mean, he occasionally opens the bowling and, and gets gets a gets nice swing. He occasionally gets hammered. He he always has a good eye for the ball and tonks a few sixes. But I've never seen him sort of put it all together in one big package like that. I think his previous highest uh, ODI score was 15, I think, before that, 95 the other day. Uh, so the game brain that he showed and, and the intent that England showed to carry on going for their going for their shots, going even they weren't even going for broke. They were turning down singles and still got within seven runs of a 330 chase. So yes, I was I was pleased to see that England came together. I think it helped in a very strange sort of way that Owen Morgan wasn't captain for those last two. I think it just forced England to really knuckle down and realise, okay, we don't have our, our talismanic leader who's who's guided us this point. We have got a very new look side here. We've got, you know, like guys like Reese Topley who I Again, I was very impressed with with the way he fronted up. He looked a bit raw at times, but I don't think there's any harm in that. He's got all the variations. He's certainly got the technique and the and the skills. He just needs to have the fitness. Uh, touch wood, that will re- remain. Um, there was enough evidence of England's broad base in white ball cricket to to justify the the slight sort of chopping and changing and and you know it's been pushed to the margins clearly since 2019 because 2023 is still a fair way away but it i liked it i i like to see that england still have the the go get mentality at the top as well uh and a few new faces coming through to to pick up the thread that uh, was kind of dropped rather dra- dramatically after 2019 i agree i think it it was the case of sometimes when you're watching particularly after 5 t20s you then go and watch three one days and at times you do think oh gee this format really is quite long now having you know got into the rhythm of t20s but I do agree in that I think this ODI series in particular uh, changes were forced on them because of injury and what have you and I think that they did discover people and skills and ways of going about things when they had to that can easily be transferable for the t20 world cup you know I, I don't think it can do can have done them any harm whatsoever yeah, of course, the um, not a, not a fifty over World Cup until twenty twenty three, but that will be held in India as well. So, uh, I mean, there's there's um, a good chance a lot of those players uh, on show over the last few games will be you know in contention for for selection, um, and it's not going to do them any harm to have played three close games in India. I mean, this was we've kind of you've mentioned Miller uh, harking back to that. Um, high octane run to the 2019 World Cup. Inspirational, really, the sort of the way England turned around there, the ODI game. This was Ben Stokes's first ODI appearances um, since a uh, certain man of the match performance uh, in the final at Lords, um, and it, it, it seems they've 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 still got it um, against a very strong India side in home conditions. We, by the end of the series, we were sort of talking about India needing to score three fifty uh, for, for a sort of par score, um, uh, uh, you know, to make it a challenging chase, which England obviously prefer to do. Um, and, and even if they couldn't get over it in the end, they sort of will kind of like 
the undead. They're they're not going to stop even at seven or eight down. They they're going to keep coming um, with with that um, you know glazed look in their eyes. Sam Culler and uh, sweating buckets from the looks of it, but just um, you know taking them as close as you can get without without winning. Yeah, I think I think the um, the one thing I thought that perhaps uh, they might have tried to do a little bit was um, just mix it up. They won so many tosses. Uh, I think it was what, what, they only lost two all winter. I think it was, but every time they were bowling first and 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 chasing, and because that's the way they like to set things up. But I would like you know, given that it failed twice in the T Twenties. I would have liked to have just seen England just try to do something different, in, the, in very much in the way, in fact, that they turned around their World Cup form. Remember that it was actually two putting runs on the board moment against India at Edgebass in that crucial game, of course. They put about three three thirty on the board, didn't they? And and that proved that weight of runs proved too much for India. And then did the same again against New Zealand in another must win up at Durham. I would like to have seen them just just give that a go because you know. Never mind, you know, they, they putting runs on the board didn't, didn't exactly hurt them when they put 4-8-1 on the board against Australia as well. And who knows what they might have achieved that second ODI with Ben Stokes teeing off in the way that he did. So, you know, they, they, they do like to set up a chase and, and I've no, no issue with England sort of going to that as their default, especially in Asian conditions when obviously, uh, you know, there is a certain benefit when the dew comes down of being the batting side. But if you're trying to experiment and trying to lay down markers and, and work things out... I think maybe they could have benefited from just just having a bit more of a bit more of a go at just just dumping those runs on the board first up, and then you know give their bowlers that 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 chance to practice in the dew. Um, that was probably the one missed trick I thought for for England in 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 this leg of the tour. But you know, given given everything we've we've debated about, uh, you know the 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 rest of rotation during the tests and you know should England be priorities and priorities in white wall cricket and and what do they need to get out of this leg of the the winter to justify all the decisions that have been made I actually think on balance despite not coming back with a trophy they've come back with plenty uh, to take forward into October and um, they're so confident are they in their in their methods in this form uh, of the game so it, I mean the the first ODI um, 135 for none after 14.1 overs and you're thinking well this this is sort of done and dusted and then and they suddenly implode to 250 all out and and then uh, in the third game they they again suffered from losing wickets at crucial times um but they've repeatedly said you know that's the way we play and we're gonna we're gonna damn well keep doing it yeah that's exactly right and I, I suppose um you know as Miller's pointed out that you know there's two sides to it there's one side where you know you can be being or be guilty of being too formulaic and sort of not changing it up and on the other side you can be praised for actually well these are our values this is how we play we're going to stick to it and you know we're going to make it work more often than not because that is what we're all committed to so yeah it's really interesting and I think I guess the thing that the last match reflected was that they did have when that all went to pot when it really shouldn't have because you know like you say it looked like they were going to going to win easily when that all went to pot they did have someone who stood up and and got them over the line and it, all these matches sort of it, it it's not I think the the one day series it wasn't necessarily like an all in strong performance it was like someone stood up here and there and produced the knock that was needed and I think uh, it, it's interesting because that you know they've got a, a fairly set um, batting lineup and we talk about the depth that they have and I, I guess the the upside of that is that if you bat deep you should have someone, at least one person that, if not two, as in the second ODI that, that comes through and, and produces what's needed, not quite in the case of that second match, but, um, but you know, certainly in the third. So I, I think, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting that the, this allowed them to show that they've got someone who can step up when, when needed, you know, at the time. Yeah, and and Miller, the um the sort of England's um pedal to the metal approach has shifted the spectrum uh, for everyone else in some ways because India are having to respond to that. India, um, arguably, you know, the best side in the world or one of the best sides in the world uh, alongside England, certainly in their own conditions, and will be favourites at a World Cup on their own soil. You'd think. But um, but they are recognising that um, if England are going to be scoring or able to chase 330, 350 regularly, then they're going to have to score 
360, 370. And that's affected some of their thinking, some of their selection, some of the, the sort of importing of, of IPL hitting uh, talent, that which there's no shortage of. Um, but yeah, we, we saw that as, as the series went on. Um, obviously, uh, unfortunate injury suffered by Shreya Sire, but um, Rishabh Pant coming into the side so didn't help their, uh, sorry, didn't hurt their chances of um, adding a bit more Pongo. Yeah, I, I, I was intrigued by where India are at, to be perfectly honest, because uh, they they do see there was Kohli was very full before the T twenties were very full of this this new bold approach they were going to going to go with and and they didn't really come up with it to be perfectly honest I mean they you know they they have got such phenomenal finishing power with the with the Pandyas and Pant and all these other guys who can, who can just ping it in those final ten overs that that they don't need to go hell for leather but at the same time you saw what Pan, saw Pandya's face after after they put three thirty on the board in that final match. He was gutted. He he realised that they really needed 390, 390, 400 to be a par score against this England team, which is incredible. And and if England had batted with anything like the depth, I mean the depth in terms of each individual batsman batting for a while rather than the depth of the length of the tail, they'd have won that easily. I mean, you know, the fact is how many singles were turned down late on when Mark Wood was, was batting alongside... Current, if if it had been if it had been even Adil Rashid batting for another five overs and being capable of knocking the single and getting Curran back on strike, England I think would have walked it, and it, that's an extraordinary thing to say. Uh, so India are a little bit caught in 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 between the the sort of deferring to their legends, deferring to the great batsmen. I mean, KL Rahul is a fantastic talent, but he had a bit of a bit of a shocker this series, albeit he scored a very fine hundred. And did all of his cup deers business, but you know that in itself is is a is a recognition that he's feeling the pressure that, and he knows that there is this wave of young talent coming through. Ishan Kishan doesn't barely get to look in after after that that, that first performance. Uh, Shriku um, Kumar Yadav, he's 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 another who's um who's just gagging to get involved, and at the moment they've got so many so many guys queuing up to get get into this lineup and really enhance it and take it to the next level, but they can't quite muscle the way in so fascinating position to be in i mean it's it's a bit like england having an embarrassment of riches but uh slightly different balance i mean at some stage you do suspect they're going to have to make a decisive switch one way or the other because otherwise if they get too close to a world tournament and they still haven't quite decided are we this new india who are going to go hell for leather from the first ball or are we still going to trust our tried and tested at the top of the order and and let the let the guys at the bottom do the heavy lifting um that you know, that's as England discovered in in previous dismal campaigns. Any shadow of of cloud in your in your in your planning can undermine the the overall strategy. So, as they like to say, it's a good problem to have, but they need to resolve it. I mean, India will probably um, look at the series and say, well, or um, uh, we'll look at the, the the future future challenges to come and think, well, we are. Bowling attack might be stronger. Um, our, our, our ideal lineup will have kind of Jasprit Bumrah, Mohammed Shami, um, maybe Ravindra Jadeja. Easy for me to say. Um, back as well. Um, but about uh, England weren't at full strength either. Um, Joe Root was was rested. Um, Ben Stokes was tried up at number three, and then the injuries suffered by Sam Billings, Ando, and Morgan meant they were they were calling on um, David Milan, the 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 world's number one T twenty I batsman, uh, but only playing his. I think second and third ODIs, uh, and Liam Livingston for a debut, and um, I mean again that's uh, highlights the the logjam of of batting talent that England have uh, in the white ball forms of the game. Yeah, it does, and I guess um, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, and, and which Miller I think articulated a bit better than me, but just having that um, batting depth and that embarrassment of riches, so to speak, um, it's one of the ways it works, a key way in which it works, is that if others fail, you've got someone to jump in and step up and, and do the job. And I think it was it was really good to see Milan get his 50. You know, given that he's played so little in this format, there's no reason why he shouldn't, given a chance and given his, um, you know, his T20 prowess um, in, in the internationals, um, that there's no reason why he sh- shouldn't be able to do a job. So, I mean, he's 
more than more than more than handy as a backup um ODI batsman there um and then like you say uh Liam Livingston um he he batted really well and um you know sort of given given his chance um yeah was called in and took the opportunity and I think one thing about these you know the bubbles and you know having the rest and rotation policy you know it's it's controversial but one thing I think it illustrates is that whilst it works for the guys who are there all the time playing a lot of cricket and needing a break it works for them but it also works for the guys that are you know on the periphery desperate to get a game you know they can spend three five months in various bubbles you know at during periods of the year and not play a game when they get a chance they're just desperate to to show what they can do and I think you know that that's a a nice byproduct actually of having these expanded squads and guys that are in the bubble traveling and and not um you know not getting a go when they do get it sure you know there's pressure that you know they're they're not match fit but they're going to be desperate to show what they can do and I think um that that's a nice sort of byproduct of of that policy and um you know that that may well bear fruit for the future yeah, we saw Livingston uh, kind of waltz down uh, on on debut and and smack Bhuvneshwar Kumar for a, a couple of sixes, having having faced about ten or eleven balls or something. And uh, you know, Kumar was was arguably uh, the the bowler of the series, so that that showed the uh, the confidence there. And I suppose also reflects England's um, the mentality they have with uh, with one day cricket in that it's not that far from T20. And Josh Butler spoke a little bit during the series in his role as standing captain about how those uh, two formats have come closer together if certainly if the conditions allow um, and, and England we know love a, a flat deck and, and the opportunity to um, hit it long um, Miller j- just a word on uh, on someone who, who who has waited for a lot of opportunity um, over the last, last several years not just this winter um, sadly got injured again Sam Sam Billings um, hopefully um, he will be fit for, for the IPL at, uh, at the very least yeah, I do hope so. I mean, what a what a run of luck he's had. I mean, he, he did his shoulder in. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't half as bad as the last time he did it, which was uh, it was the first half hour of his season in England, wasn't he? He'd just come back from the IPL, was playing for Kent in, in a Royal London game and, and landed in a shoulder fielding, and that was it. April, his season was done. And, of course, it being a World Cup season as well, he was almost certainly going to be England's shoe-in sort of reserve batsman ahead of James Vince. And, and given what happened to Jason Roy during that series... You can be and Alex Hales for that matter. Uh, you can be sure he would have he would have had a, had some some part to play in 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 the group stages. So um, yeah, gutted for him. I was I was very relieved to see him get up and walk off because obviously last time it happened he was having gas and air on the pitch. So immediately it was clear. Okay, this isn't half as bad as last time. And thankfully it's just a jarring of the collarbone rather than a, than a full dislocation. But. Uh, uh, yeah, he seemed to be able to pick up a bat again. So, touch wood, he will be back. But um, yeah, huge, huge misfortune for him. He he is very much the the man on the periphery and just can't quite get his opportunity. And again, in you know, coming back to your point about the the, the way in which T Twenty and Fifty Over Cricket to come together, in some ways it's almost like an extended net for these guys in the middle order because the one big problem that England have got when it comes to their huge depth in Twenty Twenty cricket. Is half that depth never gets a never gets a look in. I mean, Ben Stokes was hugely peripheral during the T20s, and therefore pushing up to number three in the ODIs. And you know, on one one occasion, obviously, it comes off magnificently. But on another occasion, he comes in after a huge 135 run partnership. So therefore, there's what 25, 30 overs left. It's almost as though he's come into a fresh canvas in a T20 game. It's like it's like every guy coming in at any given point of its 50 over match can sort of. Flick the, flick the switch and say, okay, I've got X number of overs left. I can treat this very much as I would if I was coming in in the T20 World Cup. So it's it gives gives an opportunity to access the depth that England have got that they simply won't get if they come off as they should at the top of the order. If you see what I mean, and you know, if Josh Butler and and Johnny Bairstow or, or well, not even Johnny Bairstow anymore, Josh Butler and Jason Roy come off in a, in you know in the first 10, 15 overs of a T20 game. You're not going to see Owen Morgan. You're not going to see Ben Stokes. You're not going to see Sam Curran if he's got a look in, uh, and they'll just be gathering dust on the sidelines. Um, again, another reason why you know, much as much as it pains people to get to to admit it, 
allowing England to treat the IPL as part of their winter and you know factoring the rest of rotation and during the test matches to allow them to stay out in India is absolutely the right thing because England don't often have an opportunity to say they are the best in the world or something this this white ball squad that Owen Morgan has produced over the last five years is I would say the best single sport team that England have ever produced I mean you know show me another team that has that has achieved more you know, we've only won the World Cup in rugby and football once. And on both occasions, those teams, I guess, arguably, the, the footballers managed to dribble on to 1970 being half decent. But, you know, the rugby team went to pot overnight. Um, to the Ashes team went to pot overnight. This team is, is sustained. This team is a good team. And I think they were very unlucky, actually, with the time of the pandemic. Because if, they, if they'd gone out to Australia this time uh, in, in November... With the guys who've smacked through the line, hit through the arc on on true pitches and clear the ropes every opportunity, we saw what happened with you know the numbers that were racked up by English players in the in the BBL. I think England would have walked this World Cup, T Twenty World Cup, if it had been Australia. Now they've got a chance to take on a, take on a T Twenty World Cup in India. It's a much tougher opportunity, much tougher. But you've got to give them that opportunity. Surely it, it would be it would be remiss for England to get to the best team in the world. And then say, oh, well, we've already done it in 50 over cricket overnight, saying, well, 50 over cricket, whatever. It's now, a, now the Royal London's just a, just a, just a feeder, feeder uh, game for the, for the 100. I mean, OK, we've already put that one to the back, back burner. We can't do that with every single one of our white ball teams. That would just be a complete waste of effort uh, and a complete waste of legacy. So I'm, I'm all for letting this team try to be as good as it can possibly be, even if it does mean in the, in the short term we might not have the absolute best side available to take on India in a test series. But at the same time, you know, look at the guys like Dan Lawrence coming through. They took opportunities that, and, and Ben Folks, as Valkyrie's point, very good point earlier about these guys who've been sitting in the bubble gathering dust and gagging for their opportunities. You, you, you can't dispute that it, it enhances England's reach if certain key players are, are missing from time to time to allow others to, to, to show what they can do. So all in all, I'm I'm more impressed with how England have got through this winter than their results um, show. And who knows, the fruits can only be born in when it comes to white ball cricket, when it comes to the trophy matches. And those are coming up uh, in six months' time, not right now. I think too, just um, just on that point with the the players, um, you know, waiting in the wings. I think um, for them bubble life isn't as hard um for the guys where it's a bit of a bit of a slog they not not really a slog but you know they're away from their families and what have you for long periods of time and they're having to perform at the top level constantly for these guys who are waiting they'd do it for another five six months if they had to if there was the carrot of getting a chance to play for england you know for one of the you know few times that they've had a chance to um you know they do it more and more so I think you know they they probably approach bubble life with a bit of a different mindset and it's probably easier too for the guys that don't have young children and that sort of thing that's obviously an important thing that um you know they need to um bear in mind but yeah for these younger guys that you know haven't got young families and what have you and who aren't getting a go they'll gladly stick it out I think for a lot longer in the bubble to get that chance and that's going to make them more hungry as well well, uh, and Matt Parkinson might have to stick it out for another five or six months to get a game the way uh, his his winter turned out. Um, the, the, we'll focus a bit on the on the T20s specifically. Um, that series was of, was of greater significance um, with uh, that that World Cup in India, uh, not far down the line now. Uh, Owen Morgan had uh, pretty much a full strength. Um, T20I squad at his disposal not something he's uh, he you know he spoke before the series about Joe Root's troubles in not having a uh, his his best test team uh, Morgan is has often had to do without players even though England have put greater emphasis on uh, white ball cricket un, under his um, tenure um, I suppose in sort of 2015 2019 it was it was 50 over cricket particularly that they were focused on and and uh, they got their heads around, heads around that uh, after generations of, of not really knowing which end of the bat to hold. Um, but now, you know, number one in both white ball formats, uh, they were going up against the, uh, well, number two ranked side in, in both white ball formats, but uh, India in their own conditions, um, they went at it like they're, 
their lives, if not their IPL contracts, uh, depended on it. Um, and Miller, we certainly, <laughs> we certainly uh, had confirmation that England were better at tonking a white ball around Ahmedabad, uh, the Narendra Modi Stadium, the Modium, um, better than they were a, a pink or red one. <laughs> yeah, I, at some stage, someone has got to just sit sit down with Johnny Bairstow, say, or, or any of these multi-format players, and just 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 get them to distill the difference between batting against spin in Test cricket and batting against spin in white ball cricket. Because, you know, it's obvious that, that there's a huge difference. The field placings, the, the attacking lines, the, the, the fear of what would happen if you play a false shot. I, I, I completely understand there is a, there's a world of difference between the two. But how England can treat Kuldeep Yadav with such contempt... In one form of the game, and find Axel Patel, who's and his non-spinning spinners, such a such a torture in the other, is is baffling, um, and it, it was it was extraordinary to witness. I mean, you know, talking of Parky, I do wonder whether the fact that Kuldeep Yadav and his slow spinners were getting tonked absolutely everywhere was a very good reason why England didn't trust him, because um, he's not exactly the quickest spinner that they have in their in their bags, and I suspect the the treatment he received in the uh, on the quiet in 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 net sessions all through the winter was was obscene, but uh, we'll never know because no one was there to witness them. But uh, I digress a touch. Uh, but but yeah, going back to going back to their their basic attitude, um, go for it, absolutely go for it. But no 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 holes barred and no no regrets. And it it, it came a cropper a couple of times. They they came together superbly on a couple of other occasions. And um, and most encouragingly, actually for their prospects going forward, the stars of this particular show were their bowlers rather than the batsmen. I mean, watching Mark Wood and Joffre Archer dovetail in the way they did with Adil Rashid, um, you know, occasionally being thrown a, thrown a new new ball over in the power play and, and otherwise just just being there as a sort of ace up Morgan sleeve as, as always. Had to have those three pillars of England's white ball attack firing as they did, uh, is absolutely immense for their prospects. I mean, if you know, if they if they can if they can produce those wheels and that technique and and just that ferocity uh, throughout a World Cup, um, they, England are, are going to be right in a shout because it's not going to be India they're going to be facing every time. That's the that's the other thing to remember. India India are a very very good team and got the better of England here. But it doesn't have to be India that England face in in the crucial games. You know, West Indies are perfectly capable of doing a number on any team. But England are capable of doing a number, and I suspect, having given what happened, what happened at Kolkata uh, five years ago, now England will be all the wiser to to West Indies methods of, you know, uh, Joss Butler, in fact, has talked about following the West Indies method of not so much keeping up the strike rate, but targeting the six hitting opportunities and catching up when you when you can. Um, they're a wiser team. They they're older. They're wiser. They've they've been around the block. Joffre Archer, fish tank injury, regardless, is is the MVP in the IPL which effectively is, has anointed him as the best white ball cricketer in the world. Uh, they've, they've, got the, they've got the tools and, and there was plenty to be excited about. The only thing, again, coming back to my slight regret from England's perspective, is that you know the, the fact that they didn't have the, the, the World T20 in Australia last winter. I remember Mo, Owen Morgan being asked sort of uh, what his future plans are going to be, etc., etc. And he, he was very coy about his retirement plans and how long he had left in the game. But it was fairly clear, I think, from Morgan's sort of uh, intimations in, in the aftermath of the World Cup that he wanted to take England to Australia, win the World T20 in Australia with his team, and then take a view on where his career stood. Did Had he achieved his legacy? Was it time to hand over to Joss Butler? I mean, he's got very little left to prove. Let's face it; he's had an incredible career. He's won something that that uh, that no other England captain has has managed, and he's got his horse racing to go back to, and 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 he's got plenty plenty off field interests. So, uh, it's part of me, you know, I I happen to think that Morgan is the best England captain we've ever had. Um, I I put him ahead of Brierley, Brierley, but simply because he's a better cricketer, frankly. Uh, he the, what he's achieved in in terms of turning around. A failing operation to create a world world success and then create a legacy as well is something else, but how hungry is he going to be going forward? I I I thought he was a little bit, little bit formulaic, a little bit cliched, and 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 slightly lacked the 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 spark in those T twenties that that he that he has shown previously, and 
maybe maybe there's there's a time and a place for Spark. Maybe this was all really about learning hard lessons, learning that Tom Curran is really badly out of form, for instance, and we we maybe just need to give you know give him a chance to fail, and if he fails, fine, we'll move on to someone else. Uh, maybe that's what this is about because it's very ruthless in that respect. But uh, you know, I I I just watching that space a little bit because um, there's a lot there's a lot of younger guys coming through and um yeah i i'd hate to see him go but um <laughs> every every good thing ends isn't it well I, this this wasn't where i was expecting the conversation to go but at the end of the owen morgan reign uh, we'll have to talk about it at some stage it, I, it probably was a concern that by the the game five of that series with um you know you talked about the importance of the bowlers this is perhaps england's best t20 attack um strongest you know in in those conditions certainly England's uh, uh, feeling about it but they got taken for 224 for two in that final game possibly Archer feeling the effects of of his elbow or the fishy finger incident uh, we're we learning more and more about day by day um, but uh, yeah they went around the park in that decider when um, you would have I guess hoped for a a, um, a crescendo of of a performance to finish the series. Um, given they had they had shown up so well, particularly Wood and Archer, um, Valkyrie, it, the importance of pace in this form of the game, um, <laughs> the importance of being able to surprise batsmen, um, and and it has a sort of a, a twin benefit because. It's it's hard. It can be hard to score off. I mean, it, it can travel as well, I suppose. Um, but Archer was the had the best economy uh, for England in the series, and he was the leading wicket taker. Um, would would too prove that you know England could um, take wickets in in the power play and 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 stop up the run rate. Uh, but but that's been a bit of a problem for them in this form of the game over over the sort of preceding couple of years. Even even though they are. Uh, the number one ranked side um, when perhaps you're relying on David Willey uh, Tom Curran uh, Chris Jordan uh, with the new ball they've 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 struggled a little bit for wicket-taking ability so uh, Wood and Archer you'd think are nailed on as the ideal new ball pair as they were in the in the World Cup um, in 2019 but they've got to be looked after. Uh, we know all about Wood's uh, history of injuries. Um, he played four out of five, I think, of the, of the T20s. He was rested for one of the ODIs. Archer went home for the ODIs. His IPL participation's in doubt. He's, he's had this operation on his finger. So it's going to be a real juggling act throughout the the next six months, the summer. Uh, well, the IPL in, in India, then then a home summer. Um, the launch of the 100. Uh, tests against India. Uh, and then and then this this T Twenty World Cup and the Ashes thereafter. So quite quite a job to keep these two uh, gun bowlers fit. Yeah, that it's it's absolutely huge when you run through the calendar, isn't it? But I guess that's that's pace bowling, and it always has been really. I mean, these two guys aside, yes, they have both now got you know a, a bit of a history of injury, but um, yeah, pace bowling's always you know had to be managed. It you know it brings with it that intimidatory factor particularly with you know a, a guy with Wood's speed I mean batsmen are going to back themselves to to face the paceman but that's one of the the pure elements of pace bowling is he brings that pace and you know and that has an intimidatory factor to it so I mean there's that and you know those two bringing the the wicket-taking ability as well that's pace bowling but on the flip side is yeah you've you've got to look after them you've you've got to manage them and I think um you know, talk about rest and rotation, you you know, you've got to have guys that can come in when those guys are being rested. And I, I think, um, you know, it, pace bowling, it, it's harder to get a big production line of those, isn't it? Because there's, you know, there's so much to it. You can have a, a really long batting lineup, but, you know, in terms of, you know, getting a big long queue of pacemen ready to come in, that's a lot harder to produce because of the injuries, because of, you know, needing to get, you know, the speed, needing to get the, the wicket-taking ability, that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, that that is one area that, um, yeah, they, they do need to, to look after and, and keep paying attention to. Um, 
Yeah. Ollie Stone maybe uh, maybe getting a, a sort of a, a fast tracking back into the white ball or set up before long. I mean, I guess they'll um, see how he goes during the summer, uh, in particular in the blast. Morgan sort of intimated he didn't expect to have his full strength um, uh, squad at his disposal uh, again for you know through the English summer. Um, so we'll see um, who might come into the mix. Reese Topley uh, didn't get a game uh, in the T20s, Miller, but uh, had a decent showing um, in the ODIs. And I guess the main winner um, was perhaps Sam Curran, who played every white ball game, and we we discussed his um, impact with the bat in that third ODI. Um, but he he edged out Moeen Ali in the, in, in the T20 side in that sort of pivotal um number seven role where you're maybe only going to face five ten balls and you maybe only bowl two overs current bowl ten overs across that the 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 five t20s but um i mean do do, do we think that that he is now ahead of moeen in the queue there or was this more that morgan was taking an opportunity to to have a good long look at current in these conditions yeah it's, it's fascinating isn't it i mean it's not it's not as though moeen was was um had had been overexposed all winter and uh, and 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 you thought yeah let's let's try someone else it was really interesting to see that that Moeen didn't get a look in the t20s but but actually when he came back after a slightly ropey first uh, first odi he put in two very good performances i thought so i i think he's right back in the mix i thought i thought the way the way he he bowled certainly you know that that 10 overs of 47 very old school way of of going about it it was almost like a like a like a spinner's statistics from 1995 say but but i mean if you can get away with not conceding boundaries in 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 a blizzard of of sixes like that you've done your job and then of course the 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 the, the alleged wonder ball that that bamboozled coley i mean you know you, moments like that aren't going to do you any harm he's got he's got an ipl to come as well to 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 hone his hone his game and get back in the mix but so I don't know. I, I, from thinking that that he was done, frankly, when he was ignored for for the for the for the for the twenty overs and then had a pretty poor first ODI. I think he's not done. I think I think there, there there's enough to see there. Um, again, coming back to Curran though, he 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 is just so bafflingly unpigeonholeable. I just don't know what he <laughs> offers except excellence in some nebulous fashion. I mean. I I I don't know. He he he's 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 clearly a guy that CSK are going to build their their new team around. I mean, clearly they 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 fell off a cliff last IPL. All their old legends are basically up, basically past it. Don't need included, but let's 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 not digress there too far. <laughs> uh, but you know, he's a guy that you're going to have to build around, isn't it? And and the way in which he was used, sometimes open the batting, sometimes open the bowling, sometimes coming in at the death and smacking, you know, two sixes and four balls or whatever. He is. He's such a utility cricketer. I mean, he's he's so utility. He's almost Mark Elam, isn't he? He's just like he, he's he, it, it's he's Mark, Mark Elam. Elam would never have worn that haircut. <laughs> well, quite. I mean, again, you, you you cannot you cannot place him in any any bucket going other than he's Sam Curran and he makes things happen. I mean, that's that's about all you can say about it. Um, Trademark. And he's still so young as well. I know that shouldn't sound a surprise because he looks like he's 12, but he's only 22. I had to double check that because oh, no, he did play with such maturity and he, and like you say, he does do a job when called upon with bat or ball and yeah, he's just sort of been there and there about through this whole tour and it's like, he's only 22. Yeah, but but, yeah, the, but where does he fit in? I still can't work out in in England's extraordinarily strong T Twenty lineup. Where does he fit in? I mean, I I I think I think it'd be wonderful to have him coming in at seven or eight. But is it a waste to have him coming in at seven or eight, given the power that England have got further up? You know, so at some stage, you know, give it give it another four years, he'll be coming in at three or four, or maybe even opening. Who knows? Because he's he's going to be an exceptional cricketer. But right at the moment, he's a developing superstar in a team full of superstars. Uh, it, it's very difficult, actually, for, for him to get traction in this team right at this precise, precise moment because England are so I think, good and so strong. I think the word you use, utility, is is perfect because that's what he is at the moment. And it doesn't mean he will have to be pigeonholed as that forever. Like, as you say, you can't really sort of put him in a category yet. But, yeah, I think at the moment that's that's where he is and then perhaps he develops into a higher order batsman or you know or what have you but just on Owen Morgan having his full strength team available as well I mean the fact that 
Joe Root cannot get a look in in T20s. Alex Hales, you know, for reasons other than on field, can't get a look in. I mean, are those two guys in England's strongest lineup? Really? I mean, how, how <laughs> do you we get them in? We haven't talked about Milan yet, have we? <laughs> well, yes. And uh... Milan. M- yeah. Matt Matt Roller's not here to do his Milan splaining um, for us, but uh, it, 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 I mean this series. Um, it looked possibly like he he is just butting up against that great nemesis of all of all fast starters, all players that you know um, come out of the blocks uh, and, and light up the game, um, and then regression to the mean sets in um uh, i mean he still averages 50 in t20is and he still scores at 144 or something he's still the number one t number one ranked t20 batsman but um it wasn't a, a great series for him i don't think i think of all batsmen to have faced 30 plus balls no one scored slower than than him at 120 um, yeah i mean i, I which I, is I... an indication of where his game is kind of at Totally, I, I, his best his best format, in my opinion, is, is ODI cricket. He's got he's got the canvas to to bat to start slowly, and he's got the power to finish big. Uh, but at the moment, in, in and he can't in, get in that team. <laughs> he can't get in that team. Although you know, I mean, if he if he Maybe if now. he hadn't if he hadn't hold out to short mid wicket, I mean, again, he was he was ex- he was doing exactly the right thing in a big chase. He was just knocking the singles, you know, gliding down to third man every ball. It was almost, you know, a left-handed Adul Rashid, frankly. I mean, it was, it was it was all England needed to stay in contention. But in 50 over, in, in 20 over cricket, they need more than that, frankly. I'm afraid I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Matt Roller and, and his, his Milan explaining on this one. He, he's not got, he's not got the extraordinarily um, free-spirited ability of Joe Root to work the angles against any given opponent, give, give him a give him a spinner in a T Twenty situation. He will get bogged down. He will charge down the pitch. He will probably get in a tangle. Uh, and he's not. He's, he may be a better starter at number three than Ben Stokes. But as Ben Stokes showed, once he gets in, he's a so much better finisher. I mean, even by Milan standards, Milan is brilliant. Averaging you know one fifty. I think he's at his two hundred strike rate when he when he passes thirty or something, which is Im- immense. But you know, Stokes the other day was was a near a four hundred strike rate. I mean, these these are the margins we're talking about yeah. here. It, it 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 is not it is not good enough for England in this team just to be good, and and that that is a cruel thing to say about Milan. He's very very good, but he's not Ben Stokes. He's not Josh Butler. He's not even Jason Roy, who for all his his sketchiness in this series. He was going for it every single time he went to the middle. You know, second ball duck in one one instance when he thought, I'm not hitting any of these, someone else have a go. Uh, but at least he <laughs> went for it. Um, you know, I'm not sure Milan would do that. I think Milan would, would, would chew up an 18 ball 18 and probably make the difference in, in, in the shortest format. Um, it's, it's, it's harsh. It's incredibly harsh. But um, I, I, he doesn't get into my strongest team for the T20 World Cup at the moment. Ben Stokes at three, I think, is a is a wonderful option and one that England really do need to think about strongly. Well, I was going to say um, it's a measure of of, of sort of England's um, depth and, and the standards they set. That Milan uh, became the fastest man to a thousand T twenty runs in in that series, and we're still talking about him as if he's a, a lead weight. Um, <laughs> fi- man, finally, I suppose just <laughs> on the on the sort of. Um, uh, roulette of that of that England batting order. Um, Valks, um Miller's backing Stokes at number three. Um, he looks a little bit lost down at five and six, and you would think that um, uh, the, the Rajasthan in in the upcoming IPL they will probably bat him high. They they turned him into an opener in the last uh, edition. Um, is that looking like the sort of route England should be taking? Do you think, um, given that that Stokes, like Milan, does like a few balls to to get in, um, and and when you're coming in at five or six, you just don't get that luxury. And and, and oh, you know, Stokes has played a lot of T Twenty cricket over, um, well, over his career. But it, for England, it's always been in fits and starts. I think he, I think he made his highest T Twenty I score in the series. Um, just gone, but it was forty-seven or something, and, and and that feels like a bit like with Ab de Villiers, who's I think international record pales in comparison to his uh, to his T um, Twenty record generally. Uh, England just haven't worked out how to get the best out of Stokes as yet. No, I I like the idea of Stokes at three as well. Um, I think they are tinkering with that lineup, aren't they? Um, and 
yeah, it's a case of how, how do they get the best out of him. I think stick with him at three and, and see what happens. We've got, we've seen Bairstow was put in at four quite recently. He wants to stay there. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around um, can Joe Root get into into that side? Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if I've just become <laughs> I, a bit more I think more that's, of a... that boat sailed, perhaps. You got to let him go now. Let him, let him be test captain. I know, I know. And I've only just become a bit more of a fan of him. But yeah, I guess, you know, you, that, that's the thing. I mean... Alex Hales he, might have a more um, justifiable case if the uh, reintegration process goes well. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is that is the reality of it. So I think, um, yeah, I think Stokes at three, Bairstow at four, and um, I guess see what see what happens in terms of Hales, whether that's going to be ahead of the World Cup or or what. And um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think I think the key thing with Stokes though, the key thing with Stokes is that he's got to be involved and he was just so peripheral for so much of this winter and he can't really get involved with his bowling because he's really realistically he's he's England's sixth option and so you know it's very rare you're going to see Stokes bowling all four overs it's very rare you're going to see him bowling in the key moments I mean he 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 generally comes in just after the power play I mean you know England with India were 24 for three or something and on comes Ben Stokes to to sort of um, you know burgle a few cheap overs it's not that's not how you use Ben Stokes Ben Stokes is the explosive game changer but he can't be in this lineup because he's not been given the opportunity and therefore unless all you're picking him for is his fielding but you wouldn't even do that anymore because he's dropping some honkers at the moment um the only way to get him involved is to give him a chance to be up front with his, with the bat and trust the fact that you know he may he may take a few more balls than than the ordinary um number three or the extraordinary number three you you would you would you would have in this day and age but as we saw with that 99 the other day once he's in there are few players with an eye like him and few players who are who are more likely to rise to the occasion like him I mean you know you need to look at the world cup final to know that England are a weaker side without Ben Stokes being right in the thick of the action I agree I agree that's exactly right and I think and it's not like England are short of finishes or someone who can come in down the order and and do what's needed to be done there yeah they uh stokes's um final blast in that 99 uh in the second odi was it 49 runs off 11 balls i think before he tickled one behind that's uh, uh that's the sort of output england uh need to need to try and coax out of him in the shortest format um i suppose um just to to recap on on the winter as a whole very quickly um it, it's it's been quite a, a long old slog in some ways if you go back to the end of november december when england were uh, heading out to south africa and then heading back rather um more hastily than than they, than they intended having only played 3 t20i's but then uh test victories in sri lanka a solitary test victory in India, followed by uh, a few rather uh, heavier defeats. Uh, as ever, the white ball looks a lot stronger. The test summer will be will be one of um, well, perhaps uh, making do with with resources and and bubble restrictions and all that sort of thing. Um, albeit that that's going to be tough to do against a, an opponent like India or New Zealand, uh, um, uh, no less, but who are the, the first opponents and the still, I think, the number one ranked side in the world. Um, but with an Ashes year, uh, an Ashes winter to come, there's, there's um, plenty to be working on there. So, I mean, it's probably Joe Root is the one who will be looking ahead to April and May um, with particular enthusiasm, uh, Miller, as he, as he gets stuck in uh, for Yorkshire, um, the start of the county championship. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just just pick you up on one point there. The, the notion of making do. I, I I think we need to change the change the, the the discussion around Test cricket at the moment because it it really is not a case of England making do with the the breadth and depth of options that they are creating. I mean, Dale Stain said it best in a in a Twitter post the other day. England are creating through this rest and rotation policy. I think they're creating a an amazing army of cricketers. I think were his words. And I hark back to the last time England won in Australia. Who were the two crucial players? I mean, leave aside Cook and Peterson, who were the, and Trot maybe. Who were the two crucial players? I would argue Chris and Tremlett. James Anderson's 24 wickets. Chris Tremlett and, uh, and Tim Bresnan. <laughs> yeah. Chris Tremlett and Tim Bresnan. They came off the bench in the third test and yeah. the fourth test. They reinforced England when Stuart Broad had gone home, when Stephen Finn had been subbed out of the, out of the side for being too expensive. 
Anderson couldn't do it all on his own. Those two guys were effectively rotated into the team and England won the Ashes thanks to the bench strength that they had developed over the course of the, the previous year. And they didn't even use Ajmal Shazad, who was another guy who was, who, was, who was waiting and gagging to get involved. I don't see any issue at all in England expanding their options, trying out Overton, say, or, or you know, I was speaking to Toby Rowland-Jones. He, he's probably a bit too, bit too late for him to make a comeback uh, at the age of 33, but you never know. They're, he was very nearly an Ashes pick uh, 2017. He would have been, but for injury. Uh, you know, you've got other guys who are coming through. There's a, there's a, there's a whole load of, of, of people who, who you know, Ollie Stone, we've mentioned in passing. These guys have got to get opportunities. They've got to be given a chance at test level in these circumstances, particularly with, with, with lockdowns and, 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 and all the other things that have been discussed ad nauseam. And if come the ashes, England have got a, a wealth of guys who can, who can come in and come out. Mark Wood and Joffre Archer among them. Mark Wood is not going to play five tests, let's face it. But he may play two absolutely critical tests. Joffre may play two critical tests. Anderson may play two critical tests. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's an issue that England will not be fielding the same eleven every single time in a test match. Test matches have got their own dynamic. They've got their own narrative. They've got everything you need is there contained within the five days of a test match with eleven players on the pitch going hammer and tongs. It doesn't have to be the same eleven players to to be a spectacle that's worth watching. Got um, Ollie Robinson at um, Sussex as well. I mean, he spent time in the bubbles during the West Indies and the um, Pakistan Test last year. He um, he'll be one of those guys that you know he'll he'll be desperate to to have a go if he can get one. Oh, Absolutely. Um, I mean, and the, the, these guys have been champing at the bit all winter to 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 get stuck in. Um, it, it, you've got you got you got to, got to give them a chance. Even Ben Folks, you never know. He, he may take the crucial stumping at Sydney that, that, that wins the Ashes. And he'll only have done it because he'll have had a chance to, to remind himself, yeah, I can do this. I can play test cricket. Well, Miller has certainly been sold on, on rest and rotation. It's almost like we're talking about total cricket once again. I just need... Uh, just just, just need... <laughs> Just need Butch in the in the in the studio to to offer point and counterpoint. Um, I, I, I tell you what, though, but I'm mean, talking rest and rotation. I mean, you know, I was brought up in the summer of 1989. England picked 29, <laughs> 29 they were resting players. And rotating quite I a mean, lot. <laughs> were we resting and rotating, or were we just inept? Either way, it wasn't the same team that took the field every single time. It didn't stop it being an England Test cricket match that I was watching, even if it was you know, Martin Moxon and, and I don't know. <laughs> Jason Small and and Kim Barnett. I mean, you know, it it it, it still counts. It, was, we, it still enters the annals. It's still part of history. Um, well, we're surely surely on. not far away from uh, um, white ball and and test tours being conducted concurrently. You know, in different parts of the world. It, it, uh, you know, within the next twelve months a year, it's bound to happen. The way. The schedule's going. Um, speaking of the schedule, we're we're already we're looking ahead to the start of summer. Uh, the county championship is just over a week um, away. The streams are bubbling. The media day zooms are popping up everywhere like daffodils. It would almost feel like a normal pre-season were it not for the fact that uh, none of us have been outside for about three months. But uh, I mean, uh, who's looking forward to watching some cricket? <laughs> wow. There's a notion. <laughs> yeah, in person, my goodness. I know. I'm not. I'm not. Not sure what I'm. What I'm going to be able, going to do myself when I, you know, walk 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 across the bridge at Chelmsford and 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 pop through the gates. It's like there's grass, there's stumps. What? 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 What is this? Oh, <laughs> it gives you a lovely feeling of excitement, doesn't it? Walking into a cricket ground again, I just feel like, oh, it'd be really nice. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, and, we, and two months of two months of concentrated championship cricket to start us <sighs> off as well. Uh, you want? Uh, no, no, I mean that's uh, that's the smell of cut grass. That's linseed oil. That's <laughs> traditional. That's traditional proper cricket. Is it? Forget about T uh, Twenty uh, World Cups and informed player management. Two months of champo. Bring it on. I mean, I mean, just just think back. I mean, it is what is it? A, it's a year and about a week now since since lockdown one kicked in and and you know the 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 grim horrific uncertainties that that gripped the game uh this time last year um you know there's plenty of uncertainty still out there no let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves but there's 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 an optimism this time around that uh, that we are near the end and even if we aren't near the end we've already got proof from what was achieved last summer not just at England level but with the Bobulus trophy the Rachel Hayhoe Flint all the other things that 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 went so very well for cricket last year a proof that whatever is thrown at us this year, we will get we will get the game and it will happen and it will be fun and and 
I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't think there's a single sport in the world that has done better than cricket in maintaining standards and maintaining um, integrity in really tough circumstances. That you know that that battle of battle, the battle between bat and ball. All these guys have been brought up from club cricket through, you know, two men and a dog at a championship game, all the way to biosecure bubbles. They've they've they're used to not necessarily having the crowd sort of informing every moment of their game what really informs is watching that ball and hitting it and you know that's that's as true in any circumstances be it you know be it new road or or, or Ahmedabad and that that those those virtues hopefully will will carry on holding true all through this year and so um yeah cricket is well placed I think to to thrive regardless of what it harks back to what we said, doesn't it, at the start of the first lockdown, was that, you know, cricket ha- has got, you know, all the attributes that make it able to go on in these circumstances. Um, they pretty quickly found a solution to the ball supposedly being a vector of disease and um, <laughs> boom, off we went. But, yeah, that's exactly right. It was, you know, what we're saying, you know, there, there's no reason why this can't be done safely and touch wood that continues to be the case it, it's gone it's gone okay so far indeed well that's a, a suitably positive almost euphoric note to end on and, and we trust everyone is keeping safe out there that will do us for today i think there is much to look forward to this summer a full season of men's and women's domestic and international cricket the return of crowds the start of the hundred well two out of three ain't bad my thanks to miller and valks we'll be back for more soon Please feel free to rate us and leave a comment on your favourite podcast provider and stay up to date with all the latest news on ESPNCrickInfo.com.